1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG
0: 13. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Talking Nicks. Um. I'm joined this week by my co-host Kenny Poon, also my brother. Um, the Knicks are still horrible at basketball, and we're going to talk about it. Let's talk Knicks. All right, Kenny, aside from
1: the Knicks being terrible, how are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Had a nice little weekend I went and saw Frozen 2 no spoilers but pretty good movie uh, yesterday I hung out with Tom we did an escape room we did not escape and uh, that's kind of like being a Knicks fan I can't escape it and it's just there at all times you know you know what I mean
0: yeah yeah I've, uh, I've never seen Frozen 1 um, and did you get close to escaping the, the
1: room we did. We got, like, so ridiculously close, but we, like, missed one thing, and uh, as we were leaving the room, we were talking to the the lady who was, like, supervising us, and we're like, how close were we? Because they, like, watch us on monitors, and they uh, can see what we're doing, and like, you guys were, like, 97% of the way there, like, 3% more, and you would have been out, and we didn't do it, so, kind of heartbreaking, kind of like... Like being a Knicks fan, like I said. So, what about you? How how was your weekend?
0: Uh, Let's not talk about me yet. Uh, Let's just talk about the escape room the entire time. Yeah. So, I'm pretty interested. How many times have you done an escape room? (laughs)
1: Uh, This was my. uh, I think this was my fourth escape room. The first one I did was pretty terrible. Were you there for that when we went to like the Milford Mall or something? No. Um, all right. So I think it was a, it was a bunch of our cousins went and it was just like a bunch of really bad clues. And like the clues had like numbers to unlock a bunch of locks. And like that was it. And I was like, all right, that was something. It wasn't really that fun. And I think there, we split up into two groups and the other group like they didn't even reset the room. So there's there was something messed up and they couldn't escape. Like it was impossible for them to get out because one of the clues was messed up. Um, so that one was pretty bad and i was like yo escape rooms aren't that cool (laughs) and then we did one uh for a summer event with uh, our summer interns and it was like a lot more intense and like they had a lot of like really cool stuff that they did um i don't want to give give many spoilers but like one of the things we had to do um not in this one but in a previous one i did was like we had to shut all of the lights off and then like Stand completely still and then something unlocked so there was like a light sensor and like a motion sensor that were attached to some lock and it's like Oh, I didn't even know that was a possibility, but it's pretty cool Pretty cool
0: stuff It is cool. And the job was on the line for for the summer interns They probably felt like they really had to get out of there. Yeah, and uh, they didn't and that's why none of them got hired. So Lesson learned. Yep. So I did an escape room one time in New York and we had like 10 people which is like way too many people So I I remember I was, like, doing stuff over somewhere, figuring stuff out. And then, like, ten minutes later, someone else would come over and figure the same thing out and act like it was groundbreaking. And me and John were like, no, we we already did this.
1: Yeah, and I think that was – that might have been one of our problems because, like, we were a little bit disorganized. And maybe it was just – it was kind of the way that this one was set up. It was set up a little weird, so there was, like, a little bit of a competition element to it. And then once, once we all like started working together, like we were still not really on the same page. So like, someone would go do something, and then someone else would like, go do something else, and like no one, no one was on the same page. But if we were, I think we would have gotten that extra 3% and we would have gotten out.
0: All right. All right. Should we talk about the Knicks? No,
1: nah, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, don't, I really way. don't want to because the, <laughs> yeah, the, the
0: Knicks are so bad. Like The thing is, the Knicks tonight lost by two points. And there was probably 30 seconds of my life where I thought, maybe they'll win. Like, maybe. And it was when Marcus Morris tied the game at 61 in the third quarter, when the Knicks were going on a big run. That didn't end up working out, because eventually they were just losing like 82-71 at the end of the the, the quarter. So the, there's like a 20-10 to 10 run or something. It, that's not the exact numbers, but it, you get the gist of it. They were outscored by at least nine in the rest of the quarter. Second point in time was when Frank had that three after Marcus Morris hit two threes, and then Wayne Ellington hit a three. All This is only, like, the last five minutes of the game. And then Frank had, a, like, a wide-open three in the corner, and you're like, wow, like, the crowd was really into it. Like, if he
1: hits this, this this is, like,
0: big. And then he missed, and then we lost.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know if we need to talk about any more from that game because that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, this was—I uh, don't know. Like, I never really—I don't. I never got that feeling that you got that. Like, oh, maybe there's a chance that they can win because we've done this so many times where the Knicks will just be like, you'll think they're good for a minute and then they'll just lose. And uh, so, I watched this game with kind of that that lens of things. And so, even when they were making that run and when Frank got that. That got that shot, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if, if he makes this, but at no point was like, if he makes this, then they might win. I was like, they're, huh. they're still going <laughs> to lose. Um, yeah. And I think... I know you You
0: had, you had said in, in the text chat, oh, oh the Knicks are going to make this even more heartbreak. Yeah.
1: You, you, that, that was your mindset. You weren't, oh, the Knicks might win. Yeah, and I said that as they were doing that run, and I think that was like right before Frank got that three, so that was... Uh, that's, that. That shows that's you true. that I'm not making this up as I'm going along. That is very much how i felt uh but i think i mean the something that you mentioned in the in the group chat that i think i became a bigger fan of over the last couple of games is uh you wanted to make trust the progress shirts because that's really i think the only thing that we can hang on to right now is just seeing how some of our younger players advance and seeing them play a little better um frank's been trouble been struggling shooting the ball but he's been doing a lot of other good stuff which is fun um Dennis Smith Jr. the last couple of games has looked like an actual player, which is also good. And then, you know, if Mitchell Robinson could stay on on the court, there was an article saying if he could do that, I think it was, uh, I don't know, it was The Athletic or or, um, what's that other one that Bill Simmons used to be associated with? Whatever. They had an an article that was like he would be the best player on the Knicks if he could stay on the court, but he can't. Um, Yeah,
0: Mitchell Robinson filed out. Six fouls in 19 minutes today, for to, for your point.
1: Yeah, and so and then I I mean Dotson, who has also been struggling shooting the ball, he uh, he had a couple shots today and he had a couple drives today that you're like, all right, he might be might be figuring this out. So all we can do is look for progress, right?
0: Yeah. So that's how we'll make our millions. We're gonna sell that T-shirt.
1: Yeah. No copyrighted right now. We. Uh, if, if you're copyright. listening, we we just copyrighted this, so don't do it yourselves. Yeah, it's like uh, Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. We're just declaring copyright.
0: <laughs> no, I'm doing it. We're both lawyers, so yeah. this is this is official. Yeah, this is true. All right, so... Do you want to talk about the other games or just... I think we should. The, so the one thing, the craziest part about this week is that the Knicks won a basketball game. You wouldn't know that by watching the three games that followed. And they won a basketball game by a lot. Yeah. They won by 18 points. And they had I think that was their first win against the Cavs in like the last eight tries or something. Something like that. Something crazy. It was like LeBron always beat them and then after LeBron left, they still won. Yeah. So it was it was a big game for us. Uh Kevin Love didn't play. Larry Nance Jr. didn't play. Julius Randle had a field day against uh, whoever's left. I don't know who that is. Tristan Thompson having a year, but didn't, didn't didn't work out for him that game. Yeah. And so the Knicks won this game 123-105. They went up 32-20 to after one. Put up 64 points in the first half, which is pretty much unprecedented by this Knicks team. So great, great stuff. Julius Randle had a – one of his Jekyll and Hyde games. He, he he was the good one this time. I don't know which one that is. That's Doctor Jekyll, I think. Yep, Doctor Jekyll's a good guy. I think I I remember that from the Page Master. That's how. That's where I get all my uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde <laughs> knowledge. Information.
1: They, that's they go into that book at one point. Yeah, and that that's a classic. That's uh, young Macaulay Culkin. I think I think it's. I guess it's all young Macaulay Culkin. He didn't really do anything later on, and in, <laughs> in life. Uh,
0: yeah, I think he's been in some commercials. Yeah. Is that I, just, I don't know, is that I think you go from home alone to being in commercials, I don't know.
1: Yeah, he might have done some uh some some plays or something. I think I might have heard about that. Otherwise I don't I don't really know much about the guy. He's he's probably a fan of the show though, so um shout out to him. Um yeah. but yeah, no, I think I think you're right to mention Julius Randle. He had himself a game. Very efficient, twelve of seventeen, uh thirty points three of five from three which is you know good considering he's been shooting very poorly from three seven rebounds four assists two steals one block and only one turnover for uh for a plus 24 on the night which that that's that's what you want like that's when you gave him that contract you were expecting to get that and uh I think uh you mentioned earlier in the week that that was the Knicks' first 30 point game in uh i don't know how long this, this season this it was this season it was the first this season but it was the first in like Oh yeah, I think it was like since like December of last season yeah. as well. So like I think that is true. So that's that's good. Now that we broke broke that uh that seal, I'm I'm sure the, the thirty point games will come, you know, just streaming along. So big time there. Uh Dame dot went five for ten that game with 11, 11 points. Love to see that. Um and Dennis Smith Junior looked like a, a solid basketball player. Went three of six, eight points. He had uh, two rebounds and an assist in just 19 minutes. So, you know, you like to see him shaking the rest off and, you know, trust the progress, you know.
0: Yeah. And uh, on top of this all, everybody, everybody played and scored except Alonzo Trier, who didn't play, which I don't which is weird. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's weird. And I think, but I don't know who it was that mentioned it last week it might have been Jake that like at some point I see Alonzo Trier coming up and coming in and just like putting up a 20 point game after sitting out for 10 games in a row like I don't doubt that that that's gonna happen it's funny because I was actually hanging out with Tom this weekend
0: on Friday we were talking about the Knicks as we always do and uh we we were talking saying like who can we trade who can we trade is Alonzo Trier could you trade him to would he get minutes on like a a better team which is hilarious to think about cuz it's just like he doesn't even play on the Knicks. Yeah. But you could see how he could play on another team. Yeah, because he gets he gets buckets. And if you have like a a second unit that can play defense that needs a scoring par- spark, you know, he he can help you out. But the Knicks have a second unit that can't play defense and can't score and can't do anything. So
1: yeah, and I think I mean maybe maybe we'll save some of that conversation for a little later. I think that's a that's an interesting topic to to talk about because I think in our group chat at least we, we have talked about come December fifteenth, what's what's the move. But we'll save that. That's called a little teaser and we'll I guess we'll finish talking about this week's games. And you said it was weird that the Knicks uh won a game this week, but what else is weird is like they had a very good chance to win a game against a good team in a 76ers game. And you and uh, you and Tom did a deep dive into that in our midweek pod. So I don't know if you want to just hit that real high and quick just because if you really want to know about it, you can check out that pod. But there was some good stuff there.
0: Yeah, so at one point the Knicks made like eight or nine, sh- at least eight shots in a row. I know that in the third quarter. they They went on a big-time run. They might have been like – 190
1: maybe. I know they went up 17 points in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, they were winning 77 to 60. And then they were no longer winning 77 to 60. It they kept it close throughout the fourth. Um, ultimately Marcus Morris had like a was on Randall got a steal outlet to Morris. This isn't like the last minute of the game. Fast break Morris. Me and Tom talked about it. It looked like he may have gotten fouled. And I'll, I'll say, I, and listen,
1: I listened to your podcast and I heard you say that, so I went back and looked at the two-minute report. And that's not to say much because every single time you look at the two-minute report, they're gonna, they give the benefit of the doubt to the refs. So, like, even if there is some contact, like, if they, there's some contact and they call the foul, they're going to say, yeah, that's the right call. If there's some, a little bit of contact and they don't call the foul, they're going to say, yeah, that was the right call. So they said it was not a foul because it was not called a foul. So
0: I don't even think they probably didn't even look at it because of the game. They didn't even show a replay of it, even though it was probably the most important play of the game from from the Knicks'
1: standpoint. Yeah, and when when they do it on the the two minute report, they show a link and they only showed the one like high angle of it, so like the wide angle, so you couldn't really see what was happening. You just have to trust their judgment that uh, it was not a foul.
0: Ah, that's the world I want to live in. You're just gonna have to trust me on this one. With no, no proof. Don't worry about it.
1: It doesn't matter. Do m- okay? It just <laughs> it doesn't matter.
0: It's, it's like not important. The Knicks aren't like a real
1: basketball team. That's our uh, that's our weekly. I think you should leave reference for Big Baby David who could not be with us this week.
0: He's doing his job.
1: What a loser on a Sunday a, night.
0: Yeah, I got to go to work early tomorrow to do my job. For it was just terrible. I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's a it's a only t- only only three days this week though two and a half days I guess
0: two and a half that's huge yeah and I'm I'm going to New Haven I think I'm going to go to New Haven on uh let's get sidetracked why don't we yeah I'm going go to go to New New Haven on Wednesday Kenny works in New Haven I work in Greenwich work at the same law firm different offers. different practice groups I'm going to go to New Haven and and eat eat lunch with the New Haven folk
1: yeah so this is uh this is our weekly advertisement uh, every year. At our firm, the, the associates go out to Bar Pizza and get Thanksgiving pizza, which is, you know, you take a bunch of Thanksgiving foods and put them on a pizza and you eat it. It's like mashed potatoes, uh, turkey, stuffing, I think some gravy, and it's delicious. So if you're ever in New Haven around Thanksgiving time, check out Bar for the Thanksgiving pizza.
0: Uh, you just made us a lot of money. A lot of money with that one. Good work. Um, so... Like I said, we lost the 76ers. If you want to know more about that, you can listen to me and Tom
1: talk about it. Um, so, I mean, if I could just jump in quick. It's weird because we had – Of course. We, we went one and three this week, but we had a chance to win three of those games. And then the the one we didn't have a chance to win was the Spurs game, which was just ugly. So, I don't, uh, I don't even really want to talk about it, but we – I mean – Go ahead. Go ahead with it. I'll talk about it as much as I can. Um –
0: So the Spurs came into this game on an eight-game losing streak, believe it or not, despite the fact that they're the Spurs. They're on the second night of the back-to-back. Tom and I watched them play the 76ers on uh, Friday night, and they looked pretty good, to be honest. They they were fluctuating. They were losing, like, the whole time. They were bouncing back and forth between losing by, like, three and losing by ten. They never, like, got over the hump, but they, they kept it close throughout. But still, they're on an eight-game losing streak on the second night of a back-to-back. The Knicks hadn't played since Thursday. They had two days off. And they're at home. And the Knicks just got destroyed. The Knicks were losing 32-16 after the first quarter. Thirty, uh, And then let me do some math. 32 plus 36 is 68. 27 plus 16 is 43. 68 to 43 at halftime. It's pretty bad. And that is pretty bad. 68 minus 43 is 25. So the Knicks were losing by 25 points at halftime. And so the final score the Knicks lost by 7. But this is like the most deceptive like you can't trust a box score score possible. Cuz I the Knicks were losing by 25 in the middle of the third quarter and I stopped watching. So Wish we could do that with the rest of the yeah. season. Yeah. The Knicks are the equivalent of losing by 25 in the first quarter right now, season-wise. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a long, long season left. It's, analogy. To, it's an analogy. It's sad to think about. That's sad. Yeah, but uh, anyways, so the Knicks, just like, they made their comeback kind of in the fourth quarter. But, like, there was this seven-point game is like... They never really got closer than seven. This is like, this is like the end of the comeback.
1: Yeah. If they just had another another quarter, maybe they could have done it, you know? But they didn't, yeah. so they didn't. And I actually, I did not see this game. Uh, this game was while I was locked in the escape room, and because we didn't get out, I wasn't able to watch it. Um, I did see some Hockey. highlights. It looked like Wayne. It looks like Wayne Ellington was bad. For most of the game and then got hot uh, during that that comeback that wasn't to be Uh, so that's that's a fun topic that I I think we're going to touch on a little later too Um, again Kevin Knox nine minutes that's that's another theme that he has been getting you know he was playing pretty well at the beginning of the season his shot wasn't really falling anymore and that kind of going along with the the lackluster defense has his minutes kind of decreasing and it's a it's one of those questions that we asked about at the beginning of the season is how much do you value developing a guy like Kevin Knox even when he's struggling versus playing, you know, the better players like, I don't know, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris. Um, and that's, that's bizdale's job. And to this point, he has not found the successful combination. Yes, Just to say the least. And it's...
0: Going back to what I said about this comeback, it is hilarious that this is a seven-point game final score, because, like I said, they're losing by twenty-five, and they never got closer than this seven-point differential. This, is like, it was they were never losing by six in the second half.
1: Yeah, so it's not like it got to three, and then they were fouling at the end, and then it got it went back up to seven. It's- no,
0: it's like they're losing by one hundred and one to. 82, and then the Spurs were like, "Okay, nothing matters anymore. Like, the Knicks aren't going to score 19 points, and without us scoring any, so nobody do anything." Yeah, and that's what happened. And the Knicks lost by seven.
1: Yeah, but again, you know, trust the progress. This, uh, I went back and watched all of Frank's highlights, which is fun. Um, his shot again wasn't falling. There were a couple that rimmed out that I saw. Um, But he only went three of nine I Can only defend so much of them rimming out because they didn't go in Uh, But he had nine assists and six steals and you know a couple of those steals were Just phenomenal defense and you know deflections and things like that and two of them led to Easy buckets for him. So that was two of his three makes was uh, Steals and going the other way one was on an inbound and one was uh, taking a, a pick six to the house
0: and zero turnovers to go with those
1: those that stat yeah. line. You love Frank with nine assists and zero turnovers. Sign me up for that every single time.
0: Um, some highlights: Wayne Ellington, you mentioned. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, R.J. Barrett had thirteen, five, and four. Pretty good. He was plus six in this game, which is impressive. The rest of the starters were minus nine. Kaj Gibson, minus twelve, Julius Randle, minus eleven, Marcus Morris, minus ten, Frank Ntilikina.
1: But, you know, plus minus is whatever. Yeah, and um you I just I don't know why I didn't realize this earlier, because I watched the entire Brooklyn Nets game. But R J. Barrett didn't play. RJ Barrett sat uh I'm I'm assuming for load management because people were calling out Fizdale for the amount of minutes he was playing and he was basically like I don't care about your science. The kid's young; he's gonna so, he's gonna play, and then he so stopped R.J.
0: Barrett, R.J. Barrett was out with an illness, and they Ooh. found that out very very briefly before the game started. And Kevin Knox started, and so Kevin Knox, like shortly before the game, was like, "I I didn't know I was starting either." Mm. So That's good. He found it. He found out shortly before, and I know it like an hour or two before. Th- People were saying starters are going to be the same as last game, and that included R.J. Barrett. So he's sick, got the day off. Like you said, he deserved it. Uh, I mean, we could have used him. Lost,
1: hurt our playoff chances,
0: but Hmm. that's okay.
1: Helps the uh, lottery odds, though.
0: Helps the lottery odds. You would have liked to beat the Nets just because, you know. We don't like them, I guess. I I mean, I don't care about them either. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's the thing. I don't really care about the Nets. We beat Dallas twice, and, like, I guess we said last week that that's all that matters. So the Knicks took that to heart and uh, didn't really put in much effort this week. They obviously listened to our podcast, so whatever, man. I mean,
0: if Kyrie Kyrie was playing, I would have liked for the Knicks to win, which is funny to think about because, like, the the Nets were without their best player, and I'm— I care less that the Knicks lost. Yeah. Instead of being like, we got to take advantage, Kyrie's out, we got to win this one. I'm just like, uh, Kyrie's out. I, don't know. dude, I don't care.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I'm, I, is, they, I get you because like Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie going to the Nets was like a big thing, and like it'd be nice to to beat them if if he played. It'd be like the same thing as if we beat. Dallas, but KP wasn't playing. It's like, eh, yeah, it's cool, but like, <laughs> I, it loses its its luster in that at that point. Yeah, but I mean, no
0: Snake, we were we were rooting for the Knicks to win this game, but we're just numb at this point. When your team is four and thirteen, seventeen games into the season,
1: you just you get numb. You take what you get. You can get.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean. I don't know what else we want to talk about. We can get to this Nets game, which we've, we've pretty much already talked about. Spencer Dinwiddie lit us up. Marcus Morris, 7 for 8 from 3, which is very good. Um, everyone else wasn't as good from 3, uh, except Wayne Ellington was 4 for 7. Dennis Smith Jr. was 2 for 4. Free throw line continued to be our problem. Nick shot 9 for 16. They make two more of those, and the game is tied if yep. nothing else changed except for those two free throws.
1: The Knicks shot 51.4% from 3 and 56.3% from the free throw line, which is fun. Like you those numbers should be more separate. Yeah, for instance, the Nets
0: shot 36.8 from the 3 and 79.4 from the free throw line. And,
1: they and the free throw disparity here was kind of crazy. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. It was the Nets shot thirty-four, the Knicks shot sixteen, which is wild. And thirty-four is more than twice sixteen. It's true. And sixteen's not even like
0: not that many free throws. Yeah.
1: Din- Spencer Dinwiddie himself went thirteen for fourteen from the free throw line, and the Knicks went n- what is it, nine, for 16? nine for sixteen? Nine for sixteen. So that's yep. that's a lot. It's a lot of free throws and. I don't know if it was just me, but I, I felt like the Knicks were getting called for a lot of offensive fouls, too, like a disproportionate amount of like weird offensive fouls. I mean, I think Julius
0: Randle always gets called for offensive fouls that you're just like, refs, you just got to stop calling this. Like, yeah. let, let, him, let him do him. Like, this isn't – that's not bad. There was one where they reviewed Bobby Portis, some guy in the yeah. face for a flagrant, yeah. but, like, it was nothing nothing at all happened like he just yeah. like went up to take a layup and the guy was standing there yeah and his and mike breen was was very against it he was like i don't i don't think that should be reviewed for a flagrant and i'm not even sure that should be a foul at all yeah. and the refs like reviewed it for a flagrant and like were the, the fastest review you'll ever see they're like N- no nothing <laughs> happened they're probably like wish they could have taken it back
1: and that, yeah, you're right. That was a that was a weird call. Um, like I can understand why they called it because a guy got hit in the face. But like he very much, Bobby Portis went straight up. But like because his elbows were out, because he's holding the ball, and you don't, your elbows can't be in underneath the ball. Wish you guys could see the video of what I'm doing now. Just like pretend you're holding, <laughs> pretend you're holding a basketball. And like put your elbows directly underneath your hands. Like that's not how you hold the ball. Like your elbows are out. And because his elbows were out, when he jumped up in the air. Like it went. He went straight up, but he hit. Uh, I don't know. Was it Musa in the face? And yeah. Called for and an it's like uh, a.
0: It's like in Happy Gilmore. You know, shouldn't guy shouldn't have been standing
1: there? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: That's that's the best way to put it. Um, Spencer Diddy Dinwiddie, as I, I said previously, lit us up. Which, uh, you know, that, uh it didn't. I wish that didn't happen. Yeah. That's about all I could say about that. You had a good tweet
1: about Jared Allen. I don't know if you want to. Mention that. Yeah, I guess my, my tweet was that I now I know how, like, other teams feel when Mitchell Robinson just dunks it every single time. Because Jared – and I don't even know if that's the case because every single one of Jared Allen's dunks was just wide open. Like, someone just lost him, and a, a rotation got missed, and he got either an alley-oop or just a wide-open dunk. And it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me to watch. I didn't like it. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and
0: oh, goodness. Another like I was mentioning about with the the Spurs final score. This score is kind of funny as well. 103-101 because the Knicks were not winning at at any point after like winning by like 3 at the very beginning of the game. I don't think. I think they tied it 61-61, but it never they're never actually winning. Can you correct me if that's wrong. I don't I don't think they
1: were. I don't recall them winning at any point, but you you can talk for a minute and I can try to figure that out.
0: No, I, we're just, we're just going to have to go off what I said. All
1: right. The Knicks were winning by
0: three early and then they were losing the rest of the game until Marcus Morris tied it at 61 and then they continued their losing ways and then they got it close. Because I mean they were losing by like ten or eight in this final like five minutes and then they just hit four threes or three threes and made it close.
1: Yeah, that and that looks right. Looking at the the game flow from from ESPN, but I'm clicking on it and nothing's happening, so it's not telling me the scores.
0: Yeah, and so as we as we mentioned, it just it just didn't seem like the Knicks were going to win until like at the very end, you were like, "Could this happen?"
1: You That's you were like
0: that. I wasn't. I'm talking to the the viewers at this Uh, point. We were, unlike you, the rest of us were like, could we do it? Could the Knicks pull this one off? You know, they need to win statistically. They have to win eventually. And this could be that one. But it wasn't destined to be. It wasn't written in the stars, unfortunately. But Marcus Morris continued to be our best player. As I mentioned, 7 for 8 from 3. And let's let's get on to uh, Wayne Ellington. I know we mentioned it briefly before in, this, in the Spurs game. Uh, so, the funny thing about the Spurs game is that I turned it off <laughs> halfway through the third quarter, as I mentioned, because they're losing by 25. And so, you know, I, I at some point, I've had enough. Because, I mean, I watch pretty much every game. We all do. But, you know, just like you guys have your tipping point with this Knicks team, so do I. Um, and so, he eventually, in that game, hit four threes, was four for ten. looked like one of the only bright spots beyond franked frank in that game so he was <clears throat> 4 for 11 from the field including 4 for 10 from 3 with 13 points plus 5 in a game that they lost by 7 and they were never really close in so it's pretty good but like i said all of that all of the threes happened after the second half of the third quarter when they were losing by 25 but in this game Ellington came out, played 28 minutes, four for seven from three, four for eight from the field, 12 points plus two in a two-point loss. So, Ellington's been been—he's been a little bright spot for the Knicks in these last couple games, but we don't even know if that's good or bad, you know, because we've been trying to get dots in minutes. We're just trying to figure out who who is going to sit, and we had decided Ellington was going to sit, but now he's not sitting, and now we have to sit somebody else.
1: Yeah, and I think – It was also weird because Ellington went through a streak where he was getting a bunch of DNP coaches' decisions. Uh, I think he he played a couple minutes in the Cavaliers game. It looks like nine minutes in the Cavaliers game, but that, again, was a game that the Knicks won by a lot. So, like, I I don't remember if those were meaningful minutes, but either way, it's not a lot. He did not play in the 76ers game. And then the two games in the back-to-back, he played a decent amount of minutes in both games. Shot the ball decently well, and I mean, like you said, the rotations are weird, so we thought Ellington was going to be one of the guys sit, who sits. Uh, looks like Alonzo Trier is going to be one of the guys who sits, but... if For he, now. For now, exactly, and right now, if he can come in and, and he can be a spark and he can show that he can still shoot it and, you know, at least be a passable defender and tonight he he looked like he was at least trying really hard on defense and not giving up any easy buckets so that's a positive maybe and we've talked about this a lot this season because I think it's just the nature of the beast when you have a bunch of guys on one year contracts who won't really be a part of the team in the future a lot of these guys are going to be trade bait and if Wayne Ellington can continue to shoot well and continue to play passable defense he's going to be the guy that the the Knicks might try to flip for literally anything literally anything yeah
0: and uh, the other thing is when your your team is four and twelve i don't think anybody has solidified their 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 minutes
1: yeah and I, I mean i think that's also kind of the the hidden blessing behind the knicks being nowhere near looking like a playoff team is they don't have to pretend that they're fighting for a playoff spot so they need to keep all of these guys on a one-year deal these guys aren't going to be a part of their future they're not or their best value to you is if they go to a team that is that needs them in order to compete for a playoff spot and you get a second round pick or you can package a few of them for a decent player or a chance at a you know a second chance lottery player uh, like the Dennis Smith Jr. type type of thing Um, something like that and maybe you find value there because they're not going to be on the team next year so what good are you to you, they to you, uh, this season when you know we're not really playing for much?
0: All right, I think I think we've talked enough about the games, and that'll bring us on to our, our next segment. Which um, I'm I'm just making up on the spot, but this is this is the game that me and Kenny have always wanted to play. Ready? Uh, I'm sure we'll play it again later in the season with everybody else, but Nick or not, we're going to talk about who's going to be on the Knicks at the end of this season. And we're, I'm just going to give you some names, and you're going to let me know. Sure. Uh, Julius
1: Randle. He's going to be on the Knicks. He makes too much money. Yep. He
0: makes too much money. He's yeah, the only. He for oh, a
1: more years. He's the only free agent that the, got two
0: years guaranteed with a player option on the third year. Yep. All right. So Taj Gibson.
1: Uh, I think Taj Gibson will. Uh, he's one of the few guys showing the, the young Knickerbockers how to play.
0: Yep. And that's unfortunate because it's like he's the only, like, good player that you're like, I want this guy on our team. But that's why someone else would want them on their team as well. So you you feel like he has actual value. Yep.
1: I mean, and it, it's possible that he gets moved, but I, I could see him sticking with the Knicks. He's one of the one of the guys that's like, yeah, he could actually fit and help this team develop.
0: Yeah, and you could – you could see him, his player option get picked up.
1: I mean, these other guys
0: that I'm going to say, their player options
1: are all getting declined. Yeah, I don't even know who you're going to so. say, but yeah, just generally <laughs> exactly. across the board, yeah.
0: Bobby Portis. Uh,
1: I don't know if Bobby Portis is going to bring us anything, but if you can get anything for him, I think he's not on the Knicks anymore.
0: Yeah, the funny thing is Bobby Portis makes a lot more money than you think he does. He makes 15 million dollars, and he's the pro So we we had, we had, we took offense to people saying like the Knicks signed too many power forwards in the offseason but i think the one exception there is Julius Randle and Bobby Portis were their two big signings and they cannot play at the same time they both are uh, i think i think Bobby Portis is primarily an offensive player he's certainly not primarily a defensive player yeah uh, and Julius Julius Randle is just is uh, Julius Randle if you're a Knicks fan, you know what that means. Yeah,
1: and what I remember from this offseason is the only, you know, solid to plus defender that the Knicks signed, Reggie Bullock. So looking at the scouting reports for the rest of them, most of them were uh, less than stellar defenders. So that would that would include both Portis and Randall.
0: All right, so that brings me to the next player, Reggie Bullock. Re- it's an impossible one. Let's hear what you got.
1: I I mean, I think he has to be on the Knicks because I don't think he's going to play until after the the trading deadline. So, like, are they going to trade a guy? Is it it possible to trade a guy who hasn't played yet? Because, like, if they can, they should for anything. It's funny
0: because I don't what's going on with Reggie Bullock. If you told me he was back next game, I would be like, okay. But you're telling me he's not going to be back until after the trade deadline. I didn't know that. I, I still don't know that.
1: I mean I assume I don't, I don't. <laughs> based on the amount of time or like the amount of money he missed out on I think Big Baby David talked about this one week like they went he went from such like like a enough con- yeah. enough money he came off of his contract to sign our best player so yeah.
0: Like, yep. I was there with with Jake and Tom, or Jake and BBD when we were talking about that and it was it was funny Jake was saying like you know, any other team, this is like a top story, but the Knicks, it's just like, oh, that's I, f- I forgot about that. And that's the Knicks. So, I, I, well, you you just look up if there's a timeline for Reggie Bullock and then let me know. All right. But in the meantime, uh, Alonzo Trier. Uh,
1: so there's a lot of way the, ways the Knicks could go about this, but like, if he can get some minutes – and show something, then I think he gets traded. Because, like, he, right. he was on the Knicks previously, but he's not not on a long-term contract. So I think he might have a year or two left. He's, this
0: is his year. He has got he was signed to a two-year deal last after his two-way contract Ye- ran out. The Knicks used the biannual exception on him. To, that was the only way. Since the Knicks were over the cap, they had to use an exception in order to sign him to a multi-year deal. And so this is – you can only sign him to a two-year deal with the biannual exception. So that's – this is the second year. Yeah,
1: so I think... So, I I mean, I, I gonna think have the Knicks... Because he's not playing right now, I think they're eventually going to trade someone like an Ellington. Trier's going to get some minutes, and then they're going to try to trade him, too.
0: Yeah, and the good thing about Trier that makes him more tradable is that he's on that little little contract, making $3.5 Which, these days, you know, when you got people making $40 $3.5 is less than $40 million. So, um... I'm gonna give you a tougher one.
1: I'm a sh- Damian Dotson. Damian Dotson. I mean, I think just because he's a younger guy, and I think they have th- they have uh, him as a restricted free agent, they might hold on to him. Um, he's actually not as young as people think. I think he's older than than uh, Julius Randle. I don't know who in the group chat mentioned that, but that's true. He's 25. Randall and Bobby Portis are both 24. So he's. But I, I like his game, and he's one of the few guys that has a two-way offense, offensive defensive game. Um, so I would like him to be on the Knicks. And but you know, again, he is not on a, a long-term contract. So if you get the right price, trade him too. But I, I see him as a Nick.
0: And he also makes one point six million, so that also makes him very tradable. Um.
1: Oh, here's the best one, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, I do not see on the Knicks like for much longer like as soon as they can trade him actually the one thing holding that back is uh i think you get more value for players when you trade them closer to the deadline when people realize you know where they are and if they have a shot to make the playoffs and they want to make that push you get more value for them but i think they have to the Knicks have to kind of just start making moves to in order to show off more pieces and try to trade them as well so i think he will get traded whether it's as soon as the clock hits midnight on December 15th or if it's at the trade deadline. And it's funny because with all these players, I'm just looking for a second-round pick or anything.
0: Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know who's who's bringing you a first-round pick. People people are stingy with those these days.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, maybe you, you package some together or you take on uh, an extra year from someone else, but there's not much going on this summer, so I don't know, like, who's coveting cap space enough to, to – take on one of our players and uh, get free agent or money for next year.
0: Tim Hardaway Jr. for Marcus Morris.
1: They don't have any, any picks to attach anymore. They traded all of them. Dallas did
0: hypothetically, if they did,
1: because I, I legitimately thought about that at some point. I was like, Oh, you know, it'd be good if we took Tim Hardaway Jr. Back for a third time. I would do it if we got a pick with it, but would you like, I mean, I mean, not I, for the
0: pick value, for your sanity. <laughs> you, you I would you would accept watching Julius Randle and I Tim Hardaway been, Jr. on the same basketball <laughs> team.
1: <laughs> I have accepted that the Knicks are going to be bad this year and next year, and after that, like if the more picks, like the more likely it is that we will be a decent basketball team. And I'm in it for the long haul, man. I'm like I'm stuck with this team. I can't escape it, just like that escape room. So. Might as well invest in the future. It would be bad but to watch. I acknowledge <laughs> that. I'm I'm just like thinking about
0: how bad the Knicks are now, and let's just imagine you replace Marcus Morris, the best player on the team, with Tim Hardaway Jr. And that's what. it Would is that worth a first round pick for
1: the fans? Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> And it also <laughs> and Tim, Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Junior. is also terrible for development generally, just because he's just launching shots. Like he's not he's not getting the teammates involved. He's he's a gunner. So maybe that maybe that's not worth it. Uh, the the good thing is that this is all
0: hypothetical, but we are, because we already have the Mavericks picks, so the, yeah. we, this can't happen. This can't it can't happen, right? I mean, we've said that so many times before, and this just happened. But I, I was thinking we could actually take back Courtney Lee for Marcus Morris and grab, grab a second-round pick. The the Mavs have a good amount of second-round picks. So maybe. I like Courtney Lee. We, we, we enjoyed his time here. He just made a little too much money, but, you
1: know, he didn't do anything wrong to us. And then we, I mean, I feel bad for Courtney Lee in this situation, but we could give him the same treatment that we gave him previously and just sit him on the bench despite the fact that he is a better player than a lot of the players on our team. I mean, we could just let him go
0: we could give him the wesley matthews treatment and say you know here play this game and then you can leave mm-hmm. you're free to go yeah because because that's the thing people buy out people next day last year with west west Matthews junior as i, mentioned. I mean ha, yeah 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 and he's he's not playing for the Mavs much he does sometimes but not always i think that does that cover it? alfred payton is tough because he also hasn't played much well, uh, uh, this isn't an easy game, so what yeah. do you got?
1: For Alfred Payton, again, just because like, Frank is playing pretty well and DSJ seems to be on the upswing and those guys you think could be a part of our future, I think that Alfred Payton, if, if he you know, can get you anything, he gets traded. I think everyone gets traded that can get you anything except for the young guys under contract.
0: All right.
1: Alfred Payton's the same age as Dotson. Well, he for for a year, yeah. But I don't I don't think I mean he doesn't have the upside of of either DSJ or Frank, and both of those guys are five years younger than Dotson, four years younger than Dotson. Yeah. So. All
0: right. I think it's time for the awards. Um, th- what do you
1: got? Let's hear your award. Uh, I I was. Semi-joking and semi-serious with you at the beginning of the show. Um, I I texted you guys and said I was planning on giving the nobody gets an award award because nobody deserves an award because the Knicks are just breaking my heart all the time. Um, but I'm going to give I ac- a... <laughs> I would accept that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give... That- a- Go ahead. I think that's the right answer. All right, fine. Then I'm done.
0: I'm done. <laughs> no, no, no. Please, let's see what um,
1: you got. I was going to give a, a repeat award that I gave just a few weeks ago, which was the You Gotta Figure Out What You Do Here Award to uh, Fizdale. Because he's got a – like, I don't know what he's doing. I never know what he's doing. And um, I – The defensive sets, I have mentioned before, I don't love us switching on everything. And I think uh, Breen and Clyde were kind of getting annoyed with that earlier today. They weren't so aggressive about it, but they were just mentioning, like, oh, you get bad matchups with that, and they can get whatever matchup they want. Um, And then the fact that uh, Jared Allen was just getting so many wide-open dunks, like, I can't uh, can't blame the players anymore because – this is what was happening last year and we're just like, oh, it's a bunch of young players. Maybe they don't know the defense, but this is an entirely different team with entirely different players. And they're still can't get the rotations down. And people are just ending up with wide open shots, wide open dunks all the time. Not sure what's going on. And then on top of that, the whole Kevin Knox like situation, the whole him going from barely playing in two games in a row to like starting last minute, like, and then he he started, and I think he only played eighteen minutes and he wasn't playing on the stretch, and like that's such that's got to be such a confidence killer for the guy who you know had. i mean i think
0: I think what he was doing on the court was a confidence killer, yeah, because he was he was bad, and that's why he played the eighteen minutes he just right started,
1: yeah, and that's and my point is maybe he shouldn't have started having like if you're if you're in the position where like the guy's not playing well and I guess maybe it's like, oh, you throw him in the starting lineups, maybe that bumps up his confidence and, like, it fixes him. But it seems like the opposite happened, and he still wasn't playing that well. He was a little – he's been off, and, you know, starting and then not playing that much, like, it's not great. I don't know. Yeah, it was, I
0: don't know. It was tough. It's tough. And Every, every week we talk we, – We we forget to talk about Knox because – it's, I, I don't. I don't know. At the beginning of the year, the first few weeks, he just did the same thing, and you were like, "All right, well, this is pretty good. I'll accept this." He just comes in, knocks down threes, but now it's just like he—he's in a rut, and he—I he, don't. I don't. It's tough to watch. I don't know. When he's not making threes, it's just like, uh, "What is this? This isn't. A, you shouldn't be in the game."
1: Yeah, and I mean, the problem is when he's both not making a shot and he's, you know he has been struggling defensively this entire time. So like, that's what makes it difficult. Um, but I still believe that him kind of being a little more anonymous this year, whereas last year he was the focal point of the offense. I think that that's better for him because, you know, he's not, he's not getting the same attention and he, he hasn't been playing well, but he's not getting the same, you know, visceral reaction from, uh, from fans, from other people who are just talking about how he was the least efficient player in the NBA last year. And he's been better this year. And I know he's not playing well right now, but he's been he's been better. So I'm hoping that he gets out of this and, you know, plays some good basketball.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting how Fisdale handles Knox going forward because, you know, it's, it's tough because, you know, when you're not playing good, I don't know that the answer is just throwing you into the basketball game, but Knox also said that it was tough only playing 10 minutes the other day. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Fizz doesn't know. He's got 12 other guys who are also probably complaining about – would would complain about minutes if they didn't play. So, I don't – It's a, Fizz is in a tough spot minutes-wise. I mean, I'm, back, I'm not going to say he's doing a good job with the X's and
1: O's or the minutes, but he is in a tough spot. Yeah, no doubt. But, again, that's – as Big Baby David said, that is his job. So, I'm, I'm sure he can uh, – I don't know how much sympathy I can I can give him for that.
0: Yep. Right, you are. And to go to, go to your award, unless you got some more to say. I was going to see what your award was. Uh, I'm going to finish up on your award first. Right. Um, so there's, well, there's one other thing. So I was actually thinking about giving the you got to figure out what you do here award to Bobby Portis because I don't I don't wh- I don't know what he does. Like he scored. <laughs> Seven points. This week he scored seven points, seven points, sixteen points, three points. And it's just like he's the second highest paid player on the team. He got paid more than Marcus Morris. So Marcus Morris originally was going to the Spurs on a two year, ten million dollar deal. And Bobby Portis got this fifteen million dollar deal from the Knicks with the second year team option. So I don't I don't know. He's he basically he he should be he makes the same amount of money as Marcus Morris. So, you'd have to think the Knicks thought he would be around that good.
1: And he's definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, – you know, I, I just don't know what they were thinking this offseason because, like, I, I feel like everyone knew this off season that they overpaid a bunch of players, but I think – Part of the reason that they did that was for the flexibility of not necessarily needing to sign people to longer-term contracts, and so keeping their flexibility going forward. Um, and the fact that they were able to get Marcus Morris was just a bonus to that. But I I don't think that they were planning on uh, Bobby Portis being real good. I don't think they I think they were expecting him to be better than he has been the last. I think they were su- expecting to him to do what he did in that Chicago win. Just so the thing
0: is, if if Marcus Morris, if that th- whole crazy thing with Mark Morris didn't happen, then Bobby Portis would be definitively the second highest paid player on the team, by like five million dollars. I, th- I think. I think, uh, yeah. So let's see. Randall makes twenty-ish million. Uh, Randall makes eighteen. Morris makes fifteen. Bobby Portis makes 15, Taj Gibson makes 9.8, Alfred Payton makes 8. So he would make 5.2 more than Taj Gibson. So hypothetically, if Morris wasn't here, I don't don't know what would be happening. So maybe the Knicks office is even luckier that Marcus Morris is here. Because as much criticism as they've gotten, if Bobby Portis was doing what he's doing and Marcus Morris didn't exist, that'd be crazy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, maybe Bobby Portis's defense is if Marcus Morris wasn't, you know, taking up that usage, it'd be him getting the more shots up and stuff. I don't know if that's, I don't think that'd be a good thing for the Knicks, but it could potentially be a good thing for, for Bobby Portis to get more shots up. I don't know. All right. And so, um,
0: there is one thing I wanted to talk about that we just forgot to mention. Um... Go the very it. very very end of the Nets Knicks game, when the Knicks were losing by two with point four seconds left, the Nets just threw the ball directly at Wayne Ellington. Yep, that was a good play. We were we were big, we were big fans of that. Yeah, and so I I, just, I that doesn't fit in with what we're talking about right now, but I had to mention it because yeah. that was great. I've always I've always wanted someone to just throw the ball directly to the other team, like if Wayne Ellington was facing. If he was facing Joe Harris and Joe Harris passed him the ball,
1: it would have been the same result. Yeah. So uh, what's the rule on how long you have, like, that way you can actually take a shot? I think it's got to be
0: .4. I I know for a fact that it's over
1: .3. Yeah. So it's either .3 or .4. So, yeah, that would be my ideal situation is, if someone was in that range where you know that a team couldn't take a shot, and they, that team was defending to try to get a five-second call so they could throw it at the rim, and then you just pass it to that guy while he's looking at yeah. you, because yeah. he can't do anything. And what I like is,
0: is if you know if you're inbounding under your own ba- or under the other team's baseline, up three with like 0.8 left, and you just pass him the ball within the within the, circ- within the arc yeah then there's nothing they can do as well.
1: That's yeah. pretty funny, yeah <laughs> if we're talking about fun stuff, I think uh, for some reason we ended up talking talking about basketball uh, in the escape room because I was there with Tom and another guy that we played in high school with Chris Miller, and that's why he didn't escape yeah because we were busy talking about basketball uh but we played against uh some firemen in a fireman's game um and I still remember to this day during that game, one of the firemen like someone was like. Saving the ball, he saved it, d- like jumped out of bounds, threw it in. The fireman caught it, and then he passed it to the guy who was standing out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that that's hilarious. That's pretty
0: funny. That's pretty yeah. funny. So
1: similar type of thing. That's that's just good fun. And
0: another fun story for you. I got, I got a couple other fun ones I want to share. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, make I'm this gonna
1: podcast like, fun since we we just talked may, about the Knicks. I may have hour. shared
0: them before, but, but I may have shared them before, but these are good. So. One game, JV. You know how sometimes, like, at the very end of the game, people just throw the ball up in the air to run out the clock? Yep. When there's not that much left. So I just, like, punched it up in the air. And the ball landed out of bounds with, like, a second and a half left. And we were winning by three.
1: <laughs> I think I was there for See that the,
0: game. So I was just like, ah, why did I do that? So <laughs> I thought there was less time left. Other team ended up taking a shot and missing, so we still won. But. It was dumb. It was like Michael <laughs> Ruffin did it one. Michael Ruffin did it one time. He just on the Wizards got the b- rebound, just threw the ball in the air, and then somebody on the Raptors caught it and just shot a three, a ridiculous three, and made it at the buzzer, and they won it in overtime. <laughs> so you that's, didn't do that that's, at least, I, yeah. I was looking at that fate.
1: Yeah.
0: Second story. This is a great one. Um, <laughs> so I was playing. And so I knew that the clock was winding down. We were on defense. And some kid on the other team took, like, a ridiculous shot that you would only take if there was one second left in the in the half. And so he took that shot. I got the rebound. Didn't hear the buzzer go off. So I, I just took it and launched it, Roscoe Smith style. <laughs> and so I, I do that, and then there's, like, five seconds left in the half. I took a full court shot with five seconds left missed <laughs> imagine if you That's made all it, i got <laughs> but the, you i can't uh, this guy just took a ridiculous shot that you're like all right half's over just toss it up but I it mean. wasn't yeah it, it was like a really bad shot so basically he did what i did but his was on our side of the court so it was like
1: <laughs> maybe but maybe it was that was like all mind game he knew you were gonna do that so like that he wanted to get a, a, a new a reset. Yeah, reset. It was like a it was like a two for one, except you guys didn't have a shot clock. <laughs> yes. All right. I think we've gone off the rails. So. All right. No. I have I have my award. <laughs> All right.
0: Unless you had anything you wanted to add to this conversation, this is good stuff. Yeah. This is what the people. This is what we had. For. <laughs> this is what we have to talk about yeah, when the Knicks are doing what they're doing.
1: People certainly aren't listening to this to hear about the Knicks. They're they're here to hear yeah. about our high school basketball careers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, go, go ahead, go ahead. The, the Knicks,
0: uh, the people need this. We need this. If I yeah, this is was lasthar- a Knicks fan this is la- la- and la- I was just lasthar- listening, lasthar- the Knicks just went one and three. I don't want to listen to the people talk about the Knicks. The the Knicks probably went one and three the week before that, and the week before that. Yeah. How this is like Groundhog Day. So this is Groundhog Day. We got to mix it up. So my award, also going off your award, not not really, but to start it off, mine is like Best Announcers Award. We get, nice, because I, I can't talk. I can't talk about the team. Nice. Just just like you didn't talk about the team, you talked about the coach. So, Clyde at one point. Um, they were talking about how Spencer did when he had wanted to like securitize his contract yep. and make it into a digital currency, and the NBA said no and while he was lighting up the Knicks, uh, Clyde was like, "I'd like to put a couple dollars in <laughs> Mike it's pretty good Mike Mike Breen had a good laugh at that, but even better, and this also goes with your what do you what do you do here Fizdale so when the Knicks were down by four at the end of the game um the Knicks ran a play where Ellington, or they inbound. This is with six seconds left. And the Knicks losing by four. The Knicks had to score literally immediately. Yep. And so the Knicks inbounded to, to Taj Gibson, which is already wrong. Like you had to score faster Taj Gibson than at that. the you top of the key, like above the
1: three point you, line.
0: You already you already messed up. You weren't supposed to do that. So the though Ellington went ran backwards into like the backcourt, and they inbounded to, to Taj. And then Ellington ran up, and then he just got the Taj gave it to Ellington, and he shot it, just like, yeah, yeah, just like trying to draw a foul or whatever. But the point is, Clyde goes, that's the same play Charlotte ran against us to win the game. So which is funny, because it's it's good observation because that is the play. Uh, Frank was on the on Devonte Graham, but he left to go guard that. Go guard Taj Gibson. Yeah, got, they got it, Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just so funny to think that Fizdale was like this worked against us. This is going <laughs> to work
1: for us as well. It could have It would have been great yeah. except uh we were down by 4 and we yeah. we need so we needed a quick basket and then a foul and instead we we took a 3 and it ended up with Taj with uh Randall getting two points so it almost worked, kind of.
0: Yeah, Randall got two points with .4 seconds left, and then they just threw the ball directly to us because it didn't matter. But it's it's funny. It's good to have Clyde and, and Mike Breen because, you know, they just know basketball. And it's funny that Clyde could just recognize that that was the same exact play that Charlotte ran because I, I didn't know that. But then when he said it, I was like, ah, he's absolutely right. And when you probably think about it, you're like, yeah, that's that's the play. They rave it to that guy. They probably assumed that that the guard Ellington's man was going to go double, or just to not run back into the backcourt
1: with him at the very least. But he did. But here's the thing. I I don't know why they would think that. Because why would they double Taj Gibson at the top of the key? I don't know. But I don't know. But you think? Do you think like after Charlotte did that, they just like made that a regular thing at practice? So like, all right, here's what, we're going to pra- practice this every single day. And this is going to be our go-to game-winning shot because it works so well yeah. against us. Yeah, that's funny. Uh,
0: it is. It's very funny. Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't work for us. It worked against us, not for us. So now it they're going to so scrap I'll it. Play. They're
1: they're done practicing <laughs> it.
0: All Fisdale does is just watch other other teams. He watches Knicks filmed all all day and then just takes the other team's place.
1: Smart. The Knicks
0: need plays, Disney. so if other teams have He's plays, got, they try <laughs> He's, He just says, these guys won their last game. we got to run their plays. And their th- players are like, they played us, though. <laughs> it's got to be what happens. Yeah. All right. I think that's all. I think we we worked with what we had. We talked about the escape room. We uh, briefly talked about the Knicks, and then we talked about our high school <laughs> basketball baseball. careers, yep. as everyone wanted to know. Uh, I don't know if you got anything else. No, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, I guess we should mention mention this upcoming week we have uh Toronto, Philadelphia and Boston. So Nope. We shouldn't mention that. <laughs> if you if you said like we had the
0: Warriors, the Kings and I don't know.
1: We're playing ourselves. Somebody. <laughs>
0: yeah. If if we were playing, but like we're going to lose those three games. There's no prediction necessary. There's the Knicks aren't going to beat any of those teams at this point. All right. Maybe they could. They could go one and two, but that's just like the best that's optimistic. Case yeah.
1: But I, I'm going to go. I'm going to guess one and two just to be optimistic. That's good. It's yeah. nice of you. But the thing is, you don't believe that. I mean, Boston. We don't know how long Kemba's out. We almost beat Philly. Huh. And I yeah, don't think we're going to beat Toronto in Toronto. So.
0: Yeah, Josh Richardson was also out when we played Philly. So I mean, it's that—that's not, not Embiid or Simmons, but it's a person that starts for their team. Yep. Um, so we'll beat the Celtics. Now that I think about it, um, I think that's it. I think we—I think we covered it all, and then all right. by all, I mean we covered it all.
1: Yeah. Not—not not even all about the Knicks. Just we covered everything. Everything we could possibly Every- talk about. We talked about our summer. <laughs> everything we. Our our jobs, yeah, we got it all. Good. All right.
0: All right. So, thank you for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter, talking Knicks. Follow Tom, uh, Tom underscore Piccolo. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Tom. I don't. I don't have his Twitter I, I, handle memorized. I think that's right. <laughs> uh uh Tom's gonna do. A, Tom's gonna do a midweek pod with somebody special guest maybe. Or it'll be one of us. Who knows? But that'll be good. Um, like us on Instagram. We got an Instagram talking Knicks.
1: Um, I, don't know, I don't know what else. Like us, rate us, review us on uh, whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast.
0: That, leave, us, yeah, leave a, a review leave a, and a five-star rating. Yeah. I think this <laughs> was a five-star podcast. <laughs> this was a five-star li-
1: podcast. Leave <laughs> us a review telling us your best high school sports story because I think that's that's what we need to know that is good that's uh, we'll we'll have to tweet
0: that from the Twitter and get a conversation going engage with some fans or, or or friends at this point
1: yeah I feel i've I've told them more about my life than I've told my closest friends so there we go all
0: right well it was fun talking Nick's with you we'll see you again next week all right next tape